just before I go any further, I just want to say I love you and I have missed you so much. I've missed just coming together like this. Ah, and I am, I am looking forward to the day when um, those that are on Zoom are, are here and we can actually hug each other instead of doing this really awkward six feet away thing that we're doing. Uh, but uh, I am just I'm praying that God's given us uh, real hugs uh, somehow through all of this. This is a picture. What was this going to be like here um, on this hill outdoors? I don't think I could have asked for better weather than what we have. God really uh, set us up in a great way for that. Um, but one of the things that I wondered is uh, what are what are the neighbors going to think? I don't know if they're able to hear um, if they were planning on sleep until noon, if the music disrupted them in some way. And I even was thinking about the passage of scripture that we were scheduled to look at today and what that could, what that would sound like to someone that just randomly tunes in and, and listens to a passage like that. And, um, and there's some, some really rich stuff in there, but there's also some stuff that you're just like, wow, can I, is that family friendly for us to read and talk about that kind of stuff? Um, I just kind of, I, I thought, I wonder if the neighbors, if they could hear that, if our neighbors could hear any of that, spouting off a bunch of do and don'ts. Because sometimes that, that maybe is the reputation that we might that we might have as much as we want to, we don't want to say we, we'd like to disassociate maybe with some people who have turned it all into a bunch of, of rules. Um, now in this passage that, that Lori read for us, there's no way around the fact that, that Paul outlines examples of actions that we need to stop doing and actions that we do need to lean into and uh, that we need to be practicing. And I don't know if you picked up on this, but, um, there, uh, Paul uses uh, an analogy of clothing. He's saying that you need to disrobe yourself of certain things and you need to put on, you need to clothe yourselves with these good and godly things. Um, when I read that passage in recent years, every time I've read that passage, Priscilla is a young lady that I met in San Jose and to be friends with, she, uh, when I first met her, she was in her early 20s. And she came to, uh, to, Bay Marin, uh, to Bay Marin, to Central, to the church that I was at down there, with a desire to be baptized. And so we talked to her about what baptism meant and how it's a picture of the old way of life, that you're kind of dying to that old way of living, and then you really want this new life in, in Jesus that he offers. So the day came for Priscilla to be baptized. We gave her kind of the basic instructions that we gave anybody that was being baptized. Hey, um, wear whatever you want, and then just like bring a pair of shorts uh, to change into for the baptism. And then we will give you a t-shirt that we gave to everybody that was being baptized. And the t-shirt said, I have decided. And it was just kind of a, a gift to them to mark the moment. Um, uh, they have decided to. And so Priscilla gets changed into that and she gets baptized and uh, she goes back into the dressing room, but she doesn't put on the clothes that she wore earlier. She actually threw them away. And still dripping wet with the same shorts and the shirt that she got baptized in, she went back in, into the church service. 
And in talking to her about that, we're like, you know, you could change. And she's like, no, that's just, that represented the way that I used to live. And I'm on to a new way of living. And so she like literally, I don't even think she knew this passage existed in the Bible. But for her, she realized that there had to be some changes. And so she literally put off her old garments and put on something new. And I thought about that. And um, I wish, how many of you can agree with me? Don't you wish that changes in our life were in our clothes? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? If we could just kind of go, oh boy, I, I didn't really like how I responded in that situation at work or how I treated my own family here. So I'm just going to take that off and never wear that again. And I've got that taken care of now. Wouldn't that be nice? But it, there is a, a process that we're invited into. And even Priscilla would, would say, though the old was gone and the new had come and she had put on these new clothes, so to speak, um, she still, just like the rest of us, battled temptations, battled what it was like to go back to an old way of life, um, one where she had formed some habits, just like the rest of us. Um, in verses 9 and 10 of Colossians 3, you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed knowledge and the image of the Creator. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, forgiving one another, and over all those things, put on love. I would say one of the things that I've struggled with is also just to, to wear out this clothing analogy is, well, maybe I can just kind of layer it. If I can't get rid of the old clothes, then maybe I can put on some new clothes. Uh, maybe I can cover it over with, uh, with some of the compassion and things like that. And so even though um, Paul is making it really clear there's some things that we, we need to stop doing and some other things that we need to do, um, I don't want us to look at these two lists and compare them. I don't want us to kind of to look at the list of do nots of the things we are to take off and go, okay, I'm just, this morning I'm committing to not wear those things. And I'm not even gonna go through the list um, and do like a word study of each of those things like compassion and kindness and, and gentleness and patience and go, okay, can we agree that's what we're supposed to put in? I don't think Paul wanted us to pay really close attention to the lists. Those aren't exhaustive lists of things that we are to not do and do I think what he wants us to do is kind of, what's the thing behind the thing? Um, what is it that propels those actions, whether they're bad actions or good actions? And so I want to help uh, help us picture it with this. All right, so uh, the tennis ball on a string here on the shoelace, uh, chances are really good it, it won't, slip out of my hand, but I can't get heat. And, and if it does, no idea which direction it's going to go. Um, but I, for, this, for this illustration, what I want us to think of is, um, Winston, are you nervous? <laughs> You've got protective eyewear, I, so it's okay. <laughs> no, yeah, don't put your faith in man. 
don't don't do that. Yeah. So um, so what I, the the tennis ball? I want the tennis ball to represent our actions, whether they're good actions or bad actions, whether the actions are like the first ones. And basically, Paul kind of gave us two general lists. One of them had to do with morality. And the other one had to do with our speech. Um, the ones having to do with speech were just the ways that we could lash out in anger, or slandering, um, lying, things like that. And a lot of times what our approach is, um, is that we think, okay, I need to stop those actions. And we focus on, in this illustration, the focus would be on the 10 ball. I didn't think about it actually the fact that this was going to work out. Um, my arms getting tired and my, my grip is loosening up quite a bit. But, uh, or we think um, sometimes we're going to focus on the actions, the test ball of compassion and gentleness and goodness and forgiving people and love. And when we focus on the actions, that, that's kind of the, the goal. And can we agree that we are... Um, we're goal-oriented people. We want to see some results, okay? We probably, in this, in this crowd, um, Zoom or otherwise, we have some people that would love to just kind of list all of these things that Paul just did and put a little box next to it and check the ones that you think you need to be working on this week so that by the end of the week, you can, you can check it off and go, okay, great. I uh, and this, I don't matter at. We, we want to see those results. And when we do that, what we're focused on are the actions. But what Paul is telling us is, I don't want you to focus on the actions. I want you to focus on what propels those actions. What's propelling this tennis ball right now? My hand. Did you say Jesus? <laughs> yes, that's, that's the answer you always give in church. Yes. When in doubt, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's our worship leader, people. That's uh yeah. Um so the the tennis ball represents the actions, but my hand represents what propels those actions. But biblically, it's not my hand that propels my actions in life. Paul says it at the very beginning of this chapter that it's my actions. Paul said, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And so we'll have, a, typically we have three reactions to actions that we want to stop or actions that we want to start. Um, sometimes uh, we think we just got to stop the unhealthy actions. Sometimes our focus is on we're going to um, we're going to focus on adding the compassion, the gentleness, these good things. But the third way, and I believe this is what Paul is talking about, is consider what is propelling your actions right now in life. How is your mind, how are the narratives that go through your mind propelling your actions? I mentioned last week that I have a tape that plays really loud in my head. That tape of not enough. Enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not blank enough. Maybe you've got something like that. Maybe that's a narrative that's playing. We all have narratives. We all have big questions that we're trying to answer. Um, who am I? What is my purpose? 
Why am I here? Am I significant? Do I really matter? And your answers to those questions are what will propel your actions in life. So what is it that would propel things like uh, what Paul is talking about when it comes to lust and anger? I was reading a commentary by N.T. Wright, and he says that lust and anger are propelled by feelings of insecurity and insignificance. Anger originated in mind consumed with thoughts of inferiority and thoughts of personal insignificance. So what do thoughts uh, that power and that propel things like compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, what are the thoughts that propel that? And Paul gives the answer right here in this passage as well. In verse 12, and it'd be so easy to sim over this again, because I think we are list people. Okay, tell me the things that I need to change and I'll start working on it. Okay, that's all I need. Just, just give me those facts. But I think this is a really important phrase in the middle of this passage, at the beginning of verse 12, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. He says that before the actions of compassion and gentleness. Beautiful life. It's believing the truth of the narrative that you are chosen, that you are holy, and that you are the beloved. It is believing deep down inside and letting this propel you that God has chosen you. He has set you apart for a great purpose. And you're not just loved. He's like, no, really, you are dearly, dearly loved. Can you see how just that phrase, that you are God's chosen people, set apart for good works and dearly loved, do you see how that answers some of these deep questions that we have? Who am I? Do I matter? Why am I here? The gospel that answers those questions. If you're battling with something, that you know is a part of your life that you'd like to shake yourself free from, that you wish you could just take off and set aside, throw it away and be okay. Is it possible that it's rooted in insecurity or some type of feeling of inferiority? I wanna remind you that God looks at you as you choose him, I want you to know it's because he first chose you and that he has set you apart for great things, for great purposes. And you are dearly loved. And let that propel you through your day. Let that propel how you interact with the people around you. Because that's the gospel. Not because we've earned these things. Because God in his great grace sent Jesus to us. And as we receive him, we are receiving that love of the Father. We begin to enter into understanding that great purpose. Romans 12, 
Paul talks about these very things. He's talking about the importance of our mind and how it propels us. Um, he begins in verse 1 by saying, I urge you to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then he goes on to say that we should not be conformed to the ways of this world, which is a, a lot of what Paul was describing here. But instead, be transformed by the renewing of our what? Of our mind. So that you may know God's good and perfect. I can guarantee it has to do with compassion and gentleness and patience and forgiveness and goodness. And over all of those things, love. So what are the neighbors hearing today? <laughs> to the neighbors, if you're listening in, <laughs> I hope you don't hear a bunch of, uh, just a list of do's and don'ts. I hope you hear that we are people who want to set our minds on heavenly things, the good and the God things. To our neighbors, I hope you don't hear us condemning anyone for their actions we want to help you listen to a new narrative. To that new narrative that God desires to choose you and to set you apart for great purposes. Two different narratives. Which mindset will you allow to provide momentum for you this week? Which one will provide the positive momentum towards positive actions? And as we do this, I love how this passage wraps up. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Can you see how believing in the way that God sees you as loved and chosen will lead to this peace? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell as you teach with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let's pray. And then let's sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs from our heart. Father, um, may your love and grace shown towards us propel us to sing in these next few moments. May they propel us to give you praise. May they propel us to express our gratitude towards you. And Lord, may these songs also um, just deepen our belief in who you are. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness and your mercy. Thank you for people our time taking off the way of life. Thank you for showing such great patience with me as I'm slowly learning how to put on the new clothes. <laughs>
Lord, thank you for reminding me, for reminding us that before we chose you, you chose us. Before we were even born, you set us apart for good works. And you love us very, very much. I pray these things in your name. Amen.